0: It's round two. You are listening to Two Jerks, One Vote, Jerkatorium's Spin Tunes 14 Reviews podcast,
1: and it's round two. Hi, I'm Chumpy, and this is the Jerk. Hi. Now here's how this thing works. We won spin tunes 13, so now we're back here on the scene to judge you, rate you, to flatter you, and then eliminate you. I know that's tough to hear. Get used to the idea Yeah, you're gonna lose This spin tunes And yes, I'm talking to you Yeah, you're gonna lose This spin tunes Deep down inside you know that it's true Twenty-three bands are gonna lose Before this thing is done And your band's won And by one and only in The past tense of when I mean
0: All right. Welcome to Drekatorium's Spin Tunes 14 Reviews podcast. Uh, I want to restress a couple of the points that I made in the introduction to our round one podcast. Uh, Some of you may not have heard that because it was posted late. But uh, yeah, uh, 96% of the bands who signed up for this Spin Tunes are going to lose. So you got to be comfortable with the notion that you are going to lose spin tunes. And that was the whole point of that uh, introductory song. Also, as far as these reviews are concerned, whether I like the song or not, I am going to say good things about it. And I'm also going to say negative things about it. Even if I love the song, I'm going to say some things that are not quite so nice about it. I'm going to try and find some constructive criticism about it. And uh, if I don't like the song, I am going to say nice things about it, too. So... Uh, Let's see. The other thing I wanted to mention is this round sucks because (laughs) I don't think anyone deserves to be eliminated. You know, when doing my rankings, uh, I got to, you know, listing them out and I was just aghast uh, to have to put those songs uh, that I enjoy and admire into like 10th through 13th place. You know, I was just kind of amazed when I got down there and I said, how are these, you know, up for potential elimination in, in my eyes? Because they're not, you know. I uh, just want to say whoever is eliminated, you don't deserve to be eliminated. You did a great job, and it, it stinks that we have to rate you. But we're going to do it anyway. Absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. You want to launch right into the songs? Sure, yeah. Which, which one are we going to do first? So we're going to do them in the order that they appear on Bandcamp. So that means – and I think that is the order that they were actually submitted so if you want your song first, just submit earlier than everybody else.
0: Okay. That, that means uh, first we're going to do Rob from Amersfort. Uh The song is Have I Seen You. Hi, what's your name? Where do you live? Have I seen you before? Yes,
1: nice party. Have I Seen uh, You Before, I think. You.
0: Oh yes, have I seen you before? Sorry, it just went on to the next line. I didn't catch it. Yep, yep, yep. Have I seen you before? Uh, this is a prequel to Luca by Suzanne Vega. Yeah. So, uh,
1: now, did you go back and listen to all of the songs that were the sequels, uh, just to familiarize yourself with them?
0: Only the ones that I couldn't remember, and or the ones that I weren't particularly, you know, familiar with, and uh, you know, to be honest, like most of them, I was very, very familiar with. There was only a couple that I uh, um, that I couldn't quite remember. The the Fiona Apple, you know, I'd, I'd heard it before, but just not a whole lot. Uh, so, so you yeah, know, believe
1: but... it or not, I had never heard that Beyonce song, and it's amazing. I really, I never thought I'd say this, but I should really be listening to more Beyonce.
0: <laughs> you live under a rock where
1: the hell were you in the 2000s i don't know where i was but i was not listening to beyonce
0: how could you miss it you, you never you must have never left the house or <laughs> okay okay i'm not I'm, this is not about shaming you well i mean not, all right not as much as it is yeah about we're, this is about song. rob from amherst fort Yes, that's right. Okay, so uh, I like the choices of instrumentation and the sounds. You know, in, st- in addition to the drums and uh, the careful use of distorted guitar, there's there's so many. You know, keyboard sounds. There's like a, at least a, I I heard an electric piano, a bass, a marimba or xylophone, a harpsichord, and a flute. I mean, and he used them all very, very well and very. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was good.
1: There were also these really cool noise stabs during the bridge.
0: Yeah. Good yeah. stuff.
1: Yeah. And he used a bunch of different, like, vocal – well, maybe not a bunch, but in the bridge he used a different vocal preset, which I thought made it stand out, and that was cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, having said that, my constructive criticism part is uh, it wasn't really catchy. And because it wasn't really catchy, it wasn't a real standout for me.
1: yeah. Uh, My notes say, overall, it didn't do much for me. Um, I also note that at a minute 30, it was kind of short. Um, So lyrically, I thought uh, it fit quite nicely with the original song. I did notice one continuity problem, though, because he mentions that at one point that, you know, he puts a glass against the wall to listen to what's happening next door. But Luca lives upstairs. So he would have had to put the glass against the ceiling so uh yeah
0: disqualified just no,
1: totally <laughs> disqualified totally disqualified yeah. um but yeah the, i think i i also noticed the the instrumentation was really cool which i liked a lot and you know he did this one thing like uh in the original they uh they repeat the first verse at the end which he also did which i thought was cool
0: yeah yeah that's good he, he uh he made some good choices it's, uh, I thought the song was interesting and intricate And uh, he really put time and consideration into the track So I appreciated that
1: Cool So uh, next up is Bubba and the No Longer Amiable Kraken um, I'll let you go first with your thoughts on this one
0: Okay uh, I just thought this was so fun and, and so happy And just immediately recognizable what he was going for uh I uh, yeah I mean I I had to kind of stretch to find some constructive criticism for it. So yeah, I mean what 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 was your first impression of it?
1: Um so like I was thinking in, in general about these songs, I sort of I sort of ranked the songs that not only had musically sort of referenced the song that they were the prequel to, but also lyrically, and I thought this song was great because it did both very well so like you know he has this line where it's like um you know yes this is the first time we've ever met and that's a fact so i haven't done anything wrong yet to win you back which is like you know lyrically it's it's nice and it sets up the the sequel but also it just it really sounds like the the jackson vibe musically which is pretty cool. I did have one piece of criticism, is that there's this line about her ass being like a rainbow, and I feel like that's kind of out of place from a pop song from the early 70s, especially one sung by a child. Um, however, like later, the, there's a line about objectifying her and how he apologizes for that, which I thought was funny, so maybe it's a, a wash.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, my, my, yeah, I, I thought that was funny and that, I mean, you, you don't have to, to like think back to this. I, I think that's part of it. I mean, we're, we're stretching to find anything to be critical about. I mean, my criticism was your, your, the positive that you just mentioned that, you know, I don't think, and I don't think this is a valid criticism, but it's such a faithful, you know, in the style of song that, it uh you know it sort of didn't have its own feel it it felt so much like the original that it had and again, it's not a valid criticism,
1: yeah, you know what um, I think we're gonna come back to this again in another song I, I just some foreshadowing
0: okay, yeah, yeah, so I mean it's uh it was great, uh loved it, I loved the song, I came back to it over and over it was it was my favorite of this round, it's a head bobbing greatness, yeah
1: also my favorite of this round, yeah. Yeah. All, right. All right. So um, next we can move on to Temnir, uh, Echelon. Do you want to
0: get closer? Oh, Okay. All right. Uh, now there was so much more going on in this song, you know, so much more variety that uh, I, at first I wondered if our review had anything to do with their approach until I realized that, you know, my criticisms of their round one song didn't make it into your written reviews. And, of course, our podcast wasn't posted until well after this round two song was done. But but the thing is, you know, my, my main criticism of their round one song is it didn't have a lot of variety in it. It sounded kind of similar all the way through, but except for the, uh, the instrumental part in the middle of that one. But this one, it had variety all the way through it. You know, I still have a problem with genre bias. This isn't my favorite kind of uh, genre of song. But uh, I, I didn't have to like the genre. This is obviously a good song. They're very talented. It's uh, it's really accomplished and uh, it's well done. You know. Yeah. So yeah.
1: So I had uh, some similar thoughts. Basically, the song is so well done that I would have a hard time ranking it, you know, low. Even though I don't particularly care for the style. One thing that I thought they could have done a little bit better is that the there are no sort of call-aheads uh... to the the sequel like i mean there are some sort of lyrical things that make it mesh with the sequel but there's but musically it's in a totally different world it just doesn't meld at all with the, with the sequel so i, I docked it some points for that um, you know, I thought he could have done a lot better if he would have picked uh, a song, like, you know, by Europe or something, like The Final Countdown, <laughs> which would, you know, which would not sound out of place with his sound. He's got that heavy rock guitar sound mixed with some 80s-style synth. It, you know, it would have been perfect. But, like, this song just seemed like, I don't know, like, uh, like it obviously yeah. was not done by the same band, and I don't know if that's that's, like, a real... Like I don't know yeah, if that no. was the intent of the challenge, but I, I do appreciate it when the the songs for the challenge you know match they meld musically and lyrically, at,
0: at least to some extent. Again, like like I was talking about with the previous song, uh, I thought that sounded way way too much like uh, the song that it didn't have any of its own feel. This one has no yeah you're you're exactly right it has it has no echoes of what's going to come you know it does, it's stylistically completely unlike the sequel yeah um also I, I could argue that it's you know it doesn't sound all that much like a prequel chronologically you know it could it could be parallel but that's just me being picky you know they could just as easily argue that well no somebody has to actually sort of be following before somebody else suspects that they're being followed or something like that but so so that's just very minor very minor stuff it was really well very very well done epic you know and I, I think the song is better than the sequel I don't have a, a a lot of good you know a lot of good feelings about uh about Rockwell you know it's uh, <laughs> I thought that was it's kind of a uh, what do you call it uh, it's kind of a novelty track itself you're, you're, and I remember when we were talking about it originally you weren't you had difficulty remembering it
1: yeah although I went back and listened to it a number of times and uh, I was just really struck with how different it was. Yeah.
0: Uh, we, we, we might have a clip. Oh. So uh, if, if you want to listen to the, the original, we can we can take a quick listen to that and then come back.
1: All right. Uh, let's roll clip.
0: All right. I'm just an average man, born and raised in Detroit. So why am I talk singing with a terrible fake British accent? It's 1984, so it's okay for me to make fun of paranoid schizophrenia, I guess. Oh, yeah, thank you, Michael. That's why this was a number two hit. Okay, that was uh, Rockwell from 1984 doing uh, Somebody's Watching Me and uh, yeah was it, it was, uh, was it that's how it sounded it's that's it's, uh, it's uh, that, 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 that's how I remember it yeah. alright alright
1: All right. Okay. maybe All right. next Moving podcast on. I'll do the clips yeah <laughs> please please <laughs> yeah. Alright, alright uh, <laughs> let's let's just move forward I think that's the right thing to do here uh, we have Boy on the Wall uh, doing Today Today sure so um one thing is that had i not read the liner notes to the song i would have had no idea that this was a sequel to the beatles song yesterday um i think the whole notion of the newlywed game kind of threw me off like you know it's kind of i don't know that's that's a wacky thing compared to yesterday which is such a somber song so uh that would have totally thrown me so, but yeah. lyrically, like, I feel, I feel there are some call forwards to it. Like, there's a line, how will it feel tomorrow? And today is today. And I get where they're going and how it relates. Um, my favorite line of the whole song is, I've got a crush on Emily. I don't know, which is probably <laughs> my favorite part of the song. Uh, you know it's got that infectious sort of boy on the wall pop thing that I really like so I did like the song and I did notice that there's an acoustic guitar part at the end that has sort of a hint of the you know somber yesterday guitar which is a good clue but one I would have totally missed
0: yeah yeah they, they actually somebody got it in the um in the chat during the listening party and i I didn't even get it when they got it because they but they they kind of like did this clue it's like uh, oh, that guy definitely said something wrong, and you know, in retrospect, it's like I said something wrong, you know, from that that thing oh. from yesterday. And it's oh, like, oh, I totally missed like, that. Yeah, it's like so. So in you know, afterwards, it's like I went back. Oh, okay, all right, now I get it because it's stuck in my mind. It's like, okay, well, well, why does everybody get it except for me? So yeah, but yeah, no, Boy I, on the I, wall
1: I, is just smarter than I am. And I think that's uh, <laughs> that's part of the problem here.
0: I, I like that he did this, you know, entirely sort of creative new backstory. You know, it's uh, I thought that, uh, you know, if if you were going to work backward from a song, it kind of makes sense to, you know, it seems out of context. But um, if you are considering yourself at the prequel, yourself, the context, then, yeah, why, why not do something about the newlywed game? So, yeah, I thought it was clever and creative, um, uh, constructive criticism uh i was not as crazy about it as i was about his round one song and i'm not sure why not uh but you know and i'm sorry that's not constructive right it's constructive just a
1: little less system. hooky a little less upbeat
0: yeah still loved it you know still still one of my tops and uh but uh but yeah um it was fun it was happy it was uh funny on its own even when uh you know, uh, even separate from the context, and uh, even funnier when you anticipate the sequel. So, yeah, I thought it was good.
1: Cool, cool. All right, so um, next we've got Glenn Raphael. Do you mess around with Jim? You'll have heard.
0: I'm yeah, that was a great idea. And a great, idea, a long, long uh, and a great execution coast, of that idea, I, I thought. Uh, it was, you know, maybe a little sloppier than what I'm accustomed to from Glenn. Um, I'm not sure the little synth boops were necessary, uh, and
1: although this well, was the first song of his I've ever heard that even had synth boops or anything yeah. besides a guy and a guitar, so that that made me take notice.
0: Yeah, exactly. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, criticize him for for stretching his arms a little bit. You know what I mean? Oh, feel so. free though. Okay. well, now that you give me permission, uh, what was that weird tape hiss on the guitar solo? I don't know. It was I think it was recorded on an iPhone or something. (laughs) Okay, that would make sense. But yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was strange for him to have kind of this uh, distortion. Maybe he had distortion on his acoustic guitar uh, for the rhythm and then move to an undistorted acoustic guitar for the solo or something like it uh either way it it kind of doesn't matter I mean this is this is all you know me just sort of complaining about uh uh, you know some superficial stuff uh it was again it was funny it was a great idea it was up-tempo and fun and funny and and that counts
1: cool so for me uh I guess, like, I like that it was obvious and it made me feel good for getting it. <laughs> Especially after Boy on the Wall where I was totally confused. So, thank you, Glenn, for pitching something low enough for me to catch. Um, so, but I, I did have some some other some criticisms well actually let me get back to the the sort of compliment part of the sandwich i thought the acoustic guitar solo was kind of similar to the acoustic guitar playing on the uh sequel which is pretty cool like the sequel is uh that it's not actually an acoustic guitar solo but they play a bunch of acoustic guitar sort of riffs um which i thought sounded pretty similar so I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I sort of took that as a sort of call forward to the, the sequel. So I like that. Um, but, you know, musically, it didn't sound a whole lot like the sequel. Like, uh, would it have killed him to hire a session musician to play a honky-tonk piano on that track or something? Like, because I think that would have really helped. And then he could have, like, punctuated that with some guitar riffs, and it would have had more of a feel of the sequel. Uh, yeah, he
0: had a, he had a full week and an unlimited budget. He should have, yeah. <laughs> and contacts in the music industry, like crazy. I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh well.
1: I don't know well, if our... hiring session musicians is cheating, but we should definitely do that next time.
0: <laughs> we we got Kyle. <laughs> yeah. We uh, yeah yeah no we we uh we're, we have free reign to be unreason- have unreasonable expectations so that's cool. fine. Uh, anything right.
1: else you want to talk about uh, regarding Glenn's song?
0: Um, no, I think, I think that, that pretty much covered it. I, yeah, it's, uh, again, fun, funny. Uh, I got it. Um, and, but I'll admit I didn't, I didn't rate him very high. Right. Uh, And you know, I have one
1: other piece of criticism and this also factored into my rating is Mm -hmm. that lyrically, uh, it was a bit of a disappointment. The thing about the, the sequel is that it tells a story and a really cool, like, sort of macho story and I felt like you know he had an opportunity here to tell the story of Slim and how Big Jim hustled Slim in pool and why he's back for vengeance you know there there could have been an opportunity to tell that story because that story is actually hinted about in the sequel so I, I feel like that was kind of a missed opportunity
0: I hadn't even thought about that so yeah, yeah good
1: alright so next we've got Megalodon Try it once, Jack. You
0: Okay, I, uh, I I love the acoustic guitar in the verses and the stereo effects on it. I don't know if you noticed, but it's like as soon as you turn it on, it's uh, I, I don't know what he's doing there, but it just you know makes my my ears light up. So yeah, cool. that, that was that was something that, that my first first uh, reaction to it.
1: I'll tell you what lit up my ears. Like I'm a sucker for a tight harmonized guitar work. And, uh, you know, Boston would have been proud, I thought, of some of those, you know, harmonized guitar parts. Very yeah. cool.
0: Yeah. Now, I mean, did you know right off the bat uh, what song it was? No, no. No, me, me neither. And uh, when I saw on the chat that it was Steely Dan, even then I couldn't place exactly which song it was. But But, I mean... But now you know. Do you, do you remember the uh, "Do It Again" yeah, song? Yeah, yeah. I went yeah. back
1: and listened to it. Yeah,
0: uh, we 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 might have a clip. Oh, we have, do a, we have a clip? Of this?
1: We have a clip. All right, let's uh, mm-hmm. let's roll it.
0: All right. So this is again. This is "Do It Again" by Steely Dan. Dan doing do it again. Anyhow. Okay. So yeah, I I love the acoustic guitar and the verses and the stereo effects. The, the, um, the, I thought, uh, you know, again, stretching for criticism here, but I thought the first half of the guitar solo could have used another take. Was that just me or was I imagining it? I did not notice that. Oh, okay. All right. That's probably just me. On
1: the negative side though, I felt like there were parts of the melody that just made me uncomfortable. Like uh, I I noticed it most in the verse, but I feel like you know the melody may have been chosen by rolling an eight-sided dice and then like (laughs) mapping the results to some bizarre scale, like the Phrygian (laughs) dominant scale or something. It just
0: sounded weird.
1: Like (laughs) Uh,
0: uh, uh, we're we're doing that our next song, man. So I mean that's (laughs) a great idea. It's an awesome idea. Okay. But, But, you know, one uh, thing
1: I did really like is that I went through and I looked at the lyrics and I was trying to figure out if there was something in the lyrics that mapped to the lyrics in the original or excuse me, in the sequel. Mm -hmm. And there really was. So that was really cool. So the the sequel has three verses and each verse is like a little vignette. Like one vignette is about like, you know, going to hunt down the man who stole your water to get revenge. And then his first you know, uh, first verse was also in that vein, and then the second verse is about having a dangerous relationship with someone, and his second verse was the same, and then the last verse is about gambling, and then his verse last verse was the same. So I, I noticed a concerted effort to sort of have some matching, matchy matchy parts with that, which I liked.
0: That's cool. Yeah, uh, that uh, he so he obviously put some some effort and consideration into the lyrics that's 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 really cool um yeah um uh, one other criticism i had was that there's this one tremolo guitar bit that it's uh it kind of sounds like a wah but it it, it ends up later on you find out it's a tremolo like uh and it it just sounds like like a mute or something like that and it's a little out of place and distracting and i i kind of just didn't like that um but uh, in, it was it was like really loud and distracting. But uh, but again, that's a, a very minor thing. I think sometimes he just wants to try something, something new, be a little innovative, and put something else into the song. And uh, that that didn't really work for me so well. Yeah. But it's, in general, a lot to
1: hear in this song for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. In, in general, I thought it was produced great. Uh, I thought the music was great, the music structure and the melody and everything was done really really well.
1: All right, we're just going to have to agree to disagree on Melody.
0: Uh, okay. <laughs>
1: All right, next we have Edric Halene.
0: You people are so not original. Here we go.
1: The sentient SMSC. Uh, do you know what SMSDC stands for? Like, I know SMS is a text message, but, like, I don't know what the C is. Is it computer? Is it controller?
0: Oh, that's 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 your neck of the woods, man. I, no idea. Uh, I I did actually read the the bio for it, and even then I and I you know I just kind of gloss over any technical terms. That's that's for you folks. But uh, <laughs> I was I think more confused
1: after I read the bio. So.
0: Oh, okay. Huh. Well, uh, let's see. I I actually kind of written a lot of notes for this one. Um, now, uh, last year, I had spoken to someone who floated the opinion that uh, Edric was essentially just kind of trolling spin tunes, and I can see how someone might think that, considering how last year he submitted a ten-minute song, and he also did a song that was, if I remember right, just a list of letters, uh, which which I thought was you know kind of a clever take on on that challenge, but. Um, but uh, and, and also with this one, isn't there like a, an almost stated bias in the rules against rap? I mean, they're, they're not actually telling people not to do it. But I thought that there was some kind of, you know, pretty blatant uh, thing saying that, well, you can do rap, but but uh, but they prefer a melody or something like that. Yeah, I but wouldn't
1: it, have labeled this rap so much as spoken word. Yeah,
0: that's true. That's true. But anyhow, still, it was brave for what it was. Uh, There's a long song bio, but I'm glad that I read it because otherwise uh, the work and thought that he put into the backing track would have been just totally lost on me. You know, he really, really thought out what he was going to do for the backing music and everything like that. and It was really, really interesting and really clever, and it it, uh, it really elevated it for me after reading the bio.
1: Right. That part just confused me. Uh, I didn't really, you know, sometimes musical technical stuff, I just blurb over like you blurb over, you know, software technical stuff. So, But one of the things I did do is I played uh, Weird Al's Word Crimes, like, immediately following his track to Mm -hmm. get that effect that i think he was going for and Uh i heard it 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 was it you know was a very nice transition
0: oh cool cool yeah uh the only constructive criticism i had for this was that it was a little conceptual you know it's like it wasn't as easy to connect with the the whole idea of what was going on but it kind of didn't matter uh, when it was that entertaining it's like you know, when you're trying to figure out like w- w- who the narrator is and what he's doing, it 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 wasn't just sort of a natural slide into into figuring out what was going on that way. But again, it's like when he when he was just doing sort of this commentary, it didn't matter. I mean, it it really hit its stride in the second verse after he goes like, uh, "Let's see what's going on," and then he lists uh, all of this stuff like the oh my God, Felicia. <laughs> and uh, and that the little kind of morbid, the, the you know, little quiet after that final text from her car, you know, which <laughs> well, I don't know if it clicked onto you as it did to me that, you know, that well, anyhow, that probably quiet because crashed or something. Yeah. Like that. Texting
1: in, while driving. Not a good exactly. idea.
0: Exactly exactly and, and it just and it just flew on through. He didn't mug anything or anything like that. He just like zipped through all of this stuff. it was it was really done well, very funny, very entertaining. so yeah, yeah. I liked it. Well, you know, one thing
1: I noticed that there were the jokes were funnier if you read the lyrics. Mm. like there was some there were some jokes I think you could only really get if you saw how things were spelled.
0: Oh,
1: and uh, that doesn't translate well when you're listening. Um, overall, I didn't think it was that funny. And for a spoken word piece, it really needs to be funny to, to really tweak my ears. And it just – I thought it failed on that.
0: Yeah, I noticed that we we kind of uh, rated him differently. So my, my hope is that, uh, that, um, that he'll make it through to the next round though. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, definitely he's a creative force. So I would Absolutely. like to see him in the next round too.
0: Okay. All right. Well, what do we got next? Governing
1: uh, Dynamics Disassembly.
0: Trouble
1: anyone can right. um, and I know you love sad and mopey songs, so I thought I'd get your feelings on this.
0: Okay, let's see. Um, I was not uh, all that familiar with the sequel, um, so I had to go onto YouTube and listen to it. Uh, of course, that's, not, that's uh, not his problem, it's mine. Uh, or their problem, it's, it's my problem instead of theirs. Uh, I the thing that struck me first was that the bass guitar work is great. You know, I'm I am at at heart uh, still just a bass guitar player and uh, just a bass guitar player, just a ba- <laughs> like like the lowest of the low, a bass guitar player. And uh, but the but the guitar bass guitar work was great. Uh, the vocal work was great. You know, uh, sort of as usual for them. Yeah,
1: I was wowed by the vocal work too.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's a very
1: distinctive voice, and it's familiar, but I can't place it.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. It's just like I mentioned in the last uh, podcast, it's like, yeah, I, I just don't know. I can't, I can't figure it out. Um, my constructive criticism was it was a little too laid back for my ADD, uh, and again, that's my problem. It's not theirs. But yeah,
1: yeah. Looked- so. Uh, I guess on the criticism side I felt it didn't have any real nods to the original style which is a piano driven bluesy type song Mm -hmm. so you know that's something I was sort of hoping to find at least some nod musically to the sequel Um, not that that's you know critically important or a requirement but uh, I would have liked to have seen that and um, but yeah I thought lyrically it did a pretty good job uh, of sort of blending into the sequel yeah, I hadn't heard the Fiona Apple song either, and uh, it's a good song. I can see why they picked it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. yeah. yeah. I, th- I thought it was all done just so, so well. Uh, i I admire and envy these guys. Uh, so uh, this song didn't have like this immediate appeal for me. but you know for these re- reviews, you know, I had to sit down and focus on it, even though it wasn't like grabbing my attention. Um, but when and when you focus on it and you're like thinking about the, the different aspects of it and everything, it, it, the magic really came through for me. So like like now I'm going to download everything they've ever done. I'm, I'm totally <laughs> I'm totally sold on governing dynamics. Yeah, I mean like yeah, even even this song, which did not, you know, grab me after the first couple of listens. It's like when you're trying to like piece it all together and like trying to you know take it apart while while uh, while listening to it. It's, it's just brilliant. Really, yeah. really good stuff. Yeah.
1: It's extremely well done. I'm a, I'm a fan of theirs, too.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Let's move on to Bucket Hat Bobby Matheson, Me or Jesse. I've been seeing this new
0: girl. It's not official yet, but she rocks my world. I can see it in her eyes. I thought very, very highly it of this. Mean a thing, and some, something about... about Something about the just there's something uh, visceral about my, my reaction to this you know it's like some, something really, really uh, primitive made me maybe me, uh, rate this really, really high. It's like I know it had a couple of problems here and there, but just the whole the gestalt of it was like it it really hit all of, you know hit the, hit a bunch of right buttons for me. So, it's Jesse. Yeah.
1: I was excited because uh, it made me feel like I knew what was going on, so I like it when I can tell what the, what the song is, the, the, you know, it's the prequel for. So like, oh, yeah. and even before he sang the word Jesse, I knew it was Jesse's girl, just something about the way he, uh, you know, just the way he played those, that, that chunky rhythm guitar strum pattern.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I knew
1: right away it was Jesse's Girl, and I thought that was cool. Um, So one of the things that impressed me that Bobby did both the things I wanted, like lyrically, it meshed very well with the sequel, and musically, it meshed with the sequel. So I gave him high marks for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just
1: for nailing the challenge. Um, Absolutely, yeah. On the negative side, you're right, the recording's a bit rough. You know, I think he mentioned that his recording equipment died, and he uh, ended up doing all of, all of this on an iPad, which I would not wish on my worst enemy.
0: Oh my gosh, no, that's terrible. Terrible, yeah, but, like, yeah. people
1: make it work somehow.
0: He um, He did. Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: for sure. The the percussion again, I might have just deleted. <laughs> I mean, it was it was on time this time, so that's definitely a plus. But like the verse percussion, it sounds like somebody slapping a beanbag. I don't yeah. I don't know what it was, but
0: and not just that, I mean there was a little bit of variety in the percussion that I noticed and I'm like why not get a better drum machine or use a better drum setting or something like that because it's 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 incredibly minimal. That, that was one of the things that irked me about this song. Yeah, so, and
1: one thing also is that it needs to be a little bit more consistent. Like, on some choruses, there was a snare drum that came in, like, at seemingly random times. Well, mm-hmm. on the beat, at seemingly random times during the chorus. It, it was just a little bit weird.
0: Yeah. The, the only other constructive criticism part I had was, was, like, I was trying to figure out what note uh, the, in the beginning are, you know, what, what note are digs and hanging supposed to be, you know. I'm like, you know, just c- come on, do another take. Really, it's like, <laughs> listen to it, do another take if it's if it's off, or you know, use the the stuff at hand, uh, you know, to to do a little pitch correction or something like that. But anyhow, yeah, this this song appealed to me just like the sequel, you know, appeals. Like it, it really pulled me in, and I thought the take was great. Just the narrator's, you know, confidence, you know, his utter certainty yeah, that, yeah. that she's going to choose him. You know, it's so good considering the sequel, you know, you know it. And it's, it's kind of heartbreaking and and just just brilliant the way that he did that. And also the, the guy has a great singing voice. Yeah, he does. And I like
1: his singing voice a lot, too. It's got character. Um, yeah. Another thing I noticed is that, you know, he must have studied the lyrics to the original song because he took a little phrases from it and reused them again. Like in oh, yeah. f- from the sequel, like loving me with that body, you know, is a sort of a weird <laughs> phrase and he just took that and appropriated it, which I thought was cool. Like, so there was a, there was a lot of thought into meeting the challenge and I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a great song. I, I liked it quite a bit. Um, all right. Uh, Rikers Island. Next. We may Yeah, the
1: song is "We Decide," and I had never heard of the song. Apparently, it was on the alternative charts.
0: I, you know, I remember this song when it was out and playing on the radio. Uh, I, you know, did we say the I, name of
1: the song? It's "Fastball the Way." Just to get yeah. that out there. Okay.
0: When I'd heard the song at the listening party, I would have guessed that it was like Elton John's "Goodbye Yellow Brick Road" or something, and I, I had to look it up because I didn't recall it from the title, The Way, and I didn't, didn't recognize the band Fastball. Uh, but from the first notes, you know, playing the, the fastball thing on, on YouTube, it all you know, came roaring back to me. Uh, I remember really liking the song whenever I heard it on the radio, and uh, and it was, I was, you know, it was a little bit of a uh, flashback for me, so it was good. I like that. You know, I thought, an, again, brave use of that violin.
1: Oh, yeah. I call it the scratchy grade school violin playing, which is charming as hell. Like, it yeah. really catches my ears, and I love it. Like, it's yeah. great.
0: Yeah, that, that backhanded compliment you just gave—it's it's, more—it's we're, we're stressing more the compliment aspect of it, because you know if, if there's if there's charm in something being a little, you know, uh, real and uh, and rustic, then that's fine. Yeah, it's, it's,
1: it's totally real sounding, yeah, and your ears focus. your ears pick up when they hear it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, no, uh, in my constructive criticism part, I thought there was nothing specifically wrong with the song. But it didn't really stick with me, you know. Uh, one thing that I didn't like was that the the awkward, jarring pauses between sections. And I actually kind of wrote down where they're at one twenty four and at 2:36. There's like they in, in between, like uh, the the verse and the chorus. There's just this they they stop for a beat or two before they go into it, you know. So it's it's kind of like. it just doesn't it just doesn't meld well in those individual places and it it kind of stuck out as as, well that's awkward and i don't want to have that in the middle of any any song i'm listening to i
1: think i think that the song is pretty organic like you know they played all the instruments themselves um i'm not sure i have a feeling they didn't lay out the song on a grid and look at it like an engineer might (laughs)
0: like we do
1: yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) If I were to hear that, I'd just fill it up with garbage. I'd <laughs> just be like, okay, well, maybe we need bells, and maybe we need a pipe organ there. And so in the end, and 14 different drum fills, and that's what we'd do. So.
1: Yeah. You know, I think but. I like this song more than you did, and I'll, I'll tell you some of the positives I really liked. Like, I love the 70s retro sound. Remember you said it sounded like Elton John? Um that really appealed to me, I really like the sound of it. Kevin's singing is great, great, great on this one too. I really like that. um I just thought the sound of it was really cool, and like everything that maybe you found a little bit irritating about its sort of organic you know free free form nature I just thought was charming
0: <laughs> i didn't i didn't I didn't find that annoying it was it was more well okay okay the, the just the 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 pauses I did find annoying. But, uh, but yeah. Okay. Well, and, and if that, if that, if you found that charming, then that's fine. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't want to, I don't want to rag on this song too much. I thought it had really good lyrics. It's, uh, one of the few songs that really skillfully avoided being like jokey and novelty. Uh, I thought it stood up well as a song completely independent of the sequel and, uh, independent of the context of the challenge. It was, you know, uh, as a song, it's it's fine, and you don't have to have uh, that sequel to lean on to be able to enjoy it, and that's good.
1: Yeah, yeah. I thought, I mean, from my notes on the lyrics are just that, you know, it worked well with the, the sequel, you know, which is all about, you know, just saying fuck it and leaving all of your responsibilities behind and following the sun or whatever. And this sort of just explored the decision to do that, which, uh, yeah. you know, I thought worked chronologically very well.
0: Yeah. yeah. So
1: they obviously thought about it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: All right, let's move on. We got Micah Summersmith with You Know About Me. Come on over, girl. She's not home. Come on over, girl, you know we can be yeah, this, was, uh, this is Beyoncé's Irreplaceable, and Come on over girl, another song no I had never heard before, and I am going to now take my punishment from you for not knowing this song.
0: Oh, wait, so so like none of us ragging on you in the beginning of this podcast, it, 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 that, that wasn't on the recording?
1: <laughs> oh, maybe it is on the recording. We'll just edit oh, this man. out and post, but I, I just thought if you wanted to do that again, because it was funny, we could do it again.
0: If it, I, thought, I thought just the organic so stuff. I, and I could hear Sarah in the background ribbing you about it, too. It's like that's... <laughs> it's so... Yeah, All right, cool. Yeah. We'll edit this part out, but and then we'll overall. take that.
1: We'll just leave that part.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Well, uh, uh, you know, just to, to summarize... Uh, <laughs> Mike liked the song because he never heard it before, which is, is kind of like he could have I, I mean if he'd said that about yesterday by the beatles it would have it would have surprised me less <laughs> <You know? laughs> so so yeah yeah no it's uh honestly though i mean just from the title it's another one i had to check out on youtube also to remind myself what the sequel sounds like but it was immediately it was like oh this one to the left to the left so yeah i i totally got that and um uh, but yeah, but that's also you know because I'm so old that even songs that are a dozen years old are still after my time. Much like you, uh, I guess I spent less time under a rock though. So anyhow, yeah, beautiful song, beautiful song. All
1: right, uh, so uh, let's talk about Micah.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, this was this was great. I I just I just liked it a whole lot. It was. it it was so it was it was much unlike a lot of the other stuff that i'd heard from micah it was kind of a surprise and i like that
1: i thought lyrically this is one of the best of the prequels like he he just like takes the story from the sequel and then backtracks it like chronologically in a very clever way um like, did, of course, you probably noticed like Micah singing to the right, to the right.
0: Oh my God,
1: I loved that. Which is super oh. clever. Like, yeah. you know, that's just a another very cool reference. Um, you know, so the st- the story just fits like a glove with Beyonce's story, down to like the details about cheating on her with the car that she bought you and all of that stuff. It was just really clever and really well done.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that to the right stuff was just mind-bending for me. It's like I heard that and I'm like, oh my god. So yeah, no, it's it's brilliant. Um, the it's Micah singing like as this smooth, growly, sexy crooning creep is is, is, is kind of disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It was it was a, it was a little disturbing. It's like I I don't want to picture him as as, as like unwholesome, you know. Uh, it was it's a little unsettling, and uh, I guess that's partly my way of saying that the song is really really effective. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh yeah, but constructive criticism he uh, doesn't quite hit some of those uh, notes like just before the bridge. So you know, uh, very very minor constructive criticism, which did not prevent him from being one of the very very top songs so for me i just just love this song one of my favorites
1: too Uh, i didn't notice the tuning problems but your ears are a lot more sensitive than mine obviously
0: well i mean part of this too is we're we're sometimes stretching for things bad to say because again like i've like i said in the introductions i'm going to say something bad about everybody i'm going to say something negative and some stuff positive and Even though, yeah, so, okay, I I called him out on a couple of notes that I would have preferred if they'd been pitched up a little bit. Uh, And, you know, that's not knocking any points off of uh, this song for him. So, he's still in the, you know, easily in the top three.
1: When I went to listen to it, I was trying to figure out if musically it had any similarities with the sequel. And, you know, it sounds very different. Like, there's no euphonium in any of Beyonce's songs as far as I know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I I'm sure you're mistaken about that and the sounds, the every,
1: songs couldn't sound more different, but they have some similarities like the tempo and sort of some of the cadences and the vocals I thought were somewhat similar.
0: Yeah. 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 I think, um, the, the rest of that entire album is all euphonium and accordion. So <laughs> I'll really
1: have to check that out now.
0: <laughs> it, it's mostly instrumentals actually. So yeah, no, I'm kidding. I don't know. Um, Alright, well, uh, uh, if if, if we're set on that, let's uh, move on
1: Yeah, we got Shy Fox with Miss Sunshine
0: Okay, I'm flipping through my notes Why don't you start on this?
1: So uh, this this song is, uh, the sequel is The Killers doing Mr. Brightside now, uh, this song is beloved by everybody who lives in the British Isles, apparently. Like, I went to the YouTube page, and it was all just Brits going on and on about how this song meant so much to them, and how, like, you know, they just loved, loved, loved this song. And it, you know... I, I, I didn't quite understand that so much. I had, I had heard this song once before, but I didn't really know a lot about it, but apparently it was on the charts for, like, 200 weeks in Britain.
0: I, I, I can imagine that. I mean, I, this was not my favorite song by The Killers. But yeah, The Killers, uh, I get the appeal. Um, the, Mr. Brightside didn't hit me quite as hard as uh, somebody told me. But, uh, but yeah, I, I understand they're, they're really big. They're much beloved.
1: Yeah. Uh, a th- couple things that I, that I got about this is that in the, the first song um, from round one, The Shy Fox vocalist did some rapping, and I had no idea he could sing. And boy, he can really sing. Like, I would not have rapped if I could sing like that.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That that, that was a very pleasant surprise. Yeah. also of course this one the much better production than last time
1: yeah for sure I, like, I definitely noticed that like I was wondering if he sounded like the guy from Soul Asylum I just couldn't figure it out it was another one of these cases where his vocal style sounded really familiar but I couldn't figure out exactly where I'd heard that before
0: is this the one where, where it came up on the um, uh, on the listening party and you asked if it was a Gin Blossoms
1: Or people? yeah maybe Gin Blossoms I confuse yeah. the Gin Blossoms and Soul Asylum all the time
0: yeah I can get that
1: yeah um
0: well let's see what i say i said uh yeah better better production than last time uh the constructive criticism wasn't really catchy uh dot 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 much like the sequel which of course is uh blasphemy (laughs) to the to the killers uh fans out there but uh i thought the mixing was a little off like the synth was too quiet during the verses and then at a good volume at the end the drums were too quiet or like maybe the lead vocals were too loud. I thought I just thought it was a, a little inconsistent. It could have could have used a fresh go after fresh ears. You know. Yeah,
1: I noticed that the uh, the chorus vocals they came in pretty strong on my right ear, which I thought was a little bit strange. Uh. Like they were like I think on the chorus. You know, sometimes they'll double up the vocals, but it was louder in the right side than the left side. It just so you're
0: complaining strange. about panning.
1: I'm complaining about panning so I am also struggling to say bad things about this (laughs) Um, (laughs) on the good side like I tried you know how I'm like analytical I'm thinking like do they sound like the sequel? Do the lyrics relate to the sequel? And mm-hmm. I thought this was a, a thumbs up in both cases. So <clears throat> it uh, it got higher on my rankings because of that. So there's this repeated guitar figure that you really hear prominently in the outro that also sounds like a sort of similar guitar figure in the sequel, which I liked. And... Um, also, they, they did this call forward at the at the end in the outro, so they have a line like, trapped my heart behind these bars, I want to break free, I want to break free, and the sequel begins, I'm coming out of my cage and I'm doing just fine. So, like, they have some continuity that they made work there, which I like. Um, okay, yeah. And, you know, I also, I just like the song, so it's yeah. one of those things where I was happy when it came up on the playlist.
0: Cool, cool, good, good. All right. Uh, yeah, excellent vocal performance. So just just really impressed the academy. So,
1: all right. Yeah. So next and this is the final of the Non Shadows, we've got Jordan Carroll with
0: When I Give You Up.
1: I can
0: feel your eyes.
1: I can tell you no.
0: Such a great idea. Such a such say, a great idea and um you know, it was, the the singer was good too.
1: Oh yeah, that's his wife apparently singing, and uh, she's great.
0: Yeah, yeah, she should, like, <laughs> she should be used more. <laughs>
1: yeah, no doubt. I, I feel like I should not sing another note, and we should just team up with some of these people, because they are great.
0: We should make a super group uh, that includes Jordan Carroll's wife and Minajatun's dude, and uh, neither of them. <laughs> <laughs> am i, I wrong
1: <laughs> you no know, that would be awesome and yeah. you know i don't think any of these people would work with us because after they hear this podcast they're all going to hate us
0: oh yeah yeah well we we, we went over that yeah <laughs> <So we're, laughs> that's a given yeah we gotta we gotta be okay it doesn't matter we got our we got our enormous uh statue we got our <laughs> we got our trophy that you know takes up half a half of my my wall. It I, I doesn't fit anywhere. It's so they big. will never take Spin Tunes thirteen away from us. That's right. That's right. So oh. so, oh, well, uh, but it you know, uh, Jordan Carroll. All right, yeah. beautiful voice. Uh, they should use it more. And it was a brilliant idea. And it's such a good idea that I'm surprised that others didn't do it. Uh, not not. I'm not saying it's obvious. It's just it's just so good. You know the idea. So the concept. Yeah, um. yeah,
1: for me, I ranked this really highly because, you know, lyrically it was right on the money in terms of being a prequel, and you know, this was the most faithful to the to the sequel uh, of any of the songs. Like, you know, the. Um, the song from the, the Jackson 5 song that Bubba and the No Longer Amiable Kraken did, I thought was very good, but this was even stronger. And I think it's just because that 80s, you know, synth and cheesy drum sounds are so iconic. Like it's, it's obvious immediately that you're being rickrolled when you hear this.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I still thought the drums were a little too sparse, and as as was the rest of the instrumentation in this song. But but I, I, it mostly worked fine anyway. Obviously, I mean it was it was instantly recognizable. But uh, but yeah, I, I I thought the drums were a little sparse. The instrumentation was a little sparse. I would have loved to have heard a vocal harmony track or maybe some backing vocals, and there wasn't any. And I thought that you know a little bit more, a little more. What I wanted was. Uh, from this track i didn't get it
1: yeah and um i noted in my notes that the lyrics were a bit banal but like the lyrics to the uh, of the sequel are the same yeah so, yeah like it's hard I, to ding d- them on that
0: yeah, yeah, I, I thought the song was a little stilted and stiff, but, you know, hey, you know, welcome to Astley's Wheelhouse, right? <laughs> right, so, right. Uh, yeah.
1: The nitpickiest thing I think I'm going to say in this entire podcast is uh, I thought it should have been, when will you give me up instead of when will I give you up? Just huh. because then the then I'm never going to give you up as a, like an as a logical
0: answer to that question. That's right. Disqualified. Disqualified. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 just kidding. It's a brilliant idea uh, and, uh, and a great execution of it. Um, and beautiful voice. All right. And,
1: um, now that's it for all of my notes, since, um, I do not treat shadows with the respect that they deserve. <laughs> uh, but we let's, let's talk about the shadows.
0: Yeah, let's do that. I did make some notes, so I am going to, uh, uh, be the big talker in this section if i can ever find any of this stuff let's see where are we ominous ride uh ah, bohemian burden
1: learning to in a society
0: bohemian burden the prequel to bohemian rhapsody it's uh it's criminal this that this didn't get submitted by deadline it is just terrible that that it didn't get submitted yeah um, the constructive criticism I had was that the the melody uh, mirrors the sequel too closely, I thought. You know, he, he veers from it a little bit, but it seems like he's like doing that on purpose because every other note and every other inflection is exactly the same melody as the original. And I thought that was kind of, you know, if you're, if you're just doing the sequel... Uh, but putting different words into it, then, uh, yeah. But anyhow, but still, you know, I, I loved it. Like I said, I, I wish that this had been um, a, a submission. Yeah. It was just really impressive, and it was ambitious, and it was executed Brave really, choice. really well. Brave Absolutely. choice, Absolutely. Ominous Ride. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's all I had. So uh, we were both
1: cracking up for Megalodon's 49 Ways Shadow. Oh. You're you are I said to her, you must go into action for anything to occur.
0: Oh, so goddamn room. funny. Yeah, I laughed
1: so, so hard. This song finally had enough dick jokes to satisfy you.
0: Oh my god. That... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> so many dick jokes. It's like he wrote it for me. <laughs> <laughs> No, but so, so I get why he didn't pick this one for the, the competition song, why it was a shadow instead. But I think, I think he should have done this one for the, the competition song. And I'm saying that just because, you know, because we were
1: grinning ear to ear the entire time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It it kind of doesn't matter if it's a novelty song, if it has you cracking up like crazy every time you hear it. So yeah. Yeah. you know, the song probably appeals to a part of my brain that should be eradicated <laughs> and that's probably why it's even funnier. And um, The reptile it, it
1: brain, my, brain is pleased.
0: Yes, yes, yes. It got it, yeah. It got tickled in a way it hasn't been tickled for you know, since Beavis and Butthead, I think. <laughs> But uh, but honestly, I mean, it's not Viva's and Butthead. I like that it was not male centric and not heterocentric. If yeah. those are actual words, you know, it's uh, the first one is is him giving advice to a woman, so it's it's more about the woman than it is about the narrator. And the second one is about him giving advice to. A uh, 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 gay male, and uh, and that's also you know very kind of even it's it's gutter humor, but it's 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 inclusive, and it's uh, and I'm impressed. So yeah, yeah I, was, I was very happy about that. It's obviously in good fun, um, and the music, uh, it, the music itself is very interesting. And my guess is that his choices may have been influenced by the notion that it'd just be a shadow. So like he could make a lot of these bold choices and take these risks, and I think that, that paid off. You know, it's like there's a lot of real, kind of you know not just the bleeps, uh, the chip tune stuff, yeah. But you know, there's there's all of this kind of it's it's wild the backing music and uh, and yeah, I, yeah. But mostly I'll, I just I'll say something
1: like, negative though. Some of the rhymes are absolutely terrible, which I think makes me laugh even more.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's like uh, re- you, if you read the lyrics, you kind of sometimes have to go back and sort of oh wait, that's what he's trying to do with that. that <laughs> no one funny. is
1: named Venus. Come on. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah, Sherm. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. But, but yeah. But it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. <laughs> it but, totally but, worked. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you Megalodon for giving me repeated uncontrollable belly laughs. So yeah, I really appreciate that. That was awesome.
1: All right. Uh n- next we have Manajaton, I needed you. Never thought I need someone that I was fine alone.
0: Never this is the guy the guy singing, and that so that guy is a ringer. He's he got has a great a voice. name he, I, I I'm not sure that's true. no'm I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I don't'll we'll just call him the
1: guy. We'll edit this in post.
0: <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, actually, I, I don't know what's what's his name? I don't know. I just assert he oh, has please. one. <laughs> I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that if he had a name, it would be we'd both know it, right? And so, no, he probably doesn't have a name. <laughs> So it's clear, yeah, just the guy. All right. Yeah, the guy. All right. So, uh, yeah, no, but he's, he's really good. Uh, the, the kind of criticism I had was that the drums were mixed just a little too low. Um, but, yeah, this is another earnest entry uh, that stands alone uh, pretty well, you know, separate from the uh, the sequel yeah. and separate from the, the kind of the nature of the challenge I think it just uh, stands alone as a song really well. Nice. You know, we don't need to know the sequel it's fine on its own
1: Very cool yeah.
0: Okay, alright, yeah, uh, let's see what do we have next then? Uh, matchy uh, Matchy okay. with
1: I Think You're Okay It's our first date and we're both trying the
0: Notes for this.
1: Let's see. I must have. I
0: think you're okay. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the one for um, uh, for I think I love you, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Uh, too much reverb. Uh, I think it's just way too much reverb. Oh, it was it yeah, does... a little
1: drenched in it. It was
0: wet. Yeah. It doesn't really evoke the sequel at all. Like until the bridge, you know. Dun 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 I don't know what I've something something blah 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 you know that kind of you know it's it mirrors the bridge for, um, for I think I love you but uh, other than that it doesn't doesn't sound at all uh, you know like the original I know yeah. that's not a not a requirement but I know it's something you appreciate so yeah
1: yeah I definitely would have ranked it down for not doing that also I think that you know like either the vocals in the original or excuse me in the sequel are sung by uh, David Cassidy and they're great. And this vocalist, I don't know. It just sort of sounds like David Cassidy, like drunk and like wanting to sound like Bob Dylan or something. I just, it just didn't work for me.
0: Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't have a problem with the with the singing. I thought uh, the you know when, when I have to say two nice things about any song, I thought the singing was good. I thought the drummer was excellent. Oh yeah,
1: the, yeah. the really, drummer is really good. The drummer was on the beat like every time. That that Absolutely. that guy's a machine. He, <laughs>
0: Check your <laughs> yes. And and, uh, but yeah, the rest of the song was garbage. Garbage. Trying to throw away track for Matchy Matchy. All right. All right.
1: So uh, moving on to a song that doesn't suck, uh, Dr. Lindyke, uh, Empty Room. The moon like
0: a is falling from the sky. This reminds me a little bit of Dr. Lindyke's uh, eponymous song he wrote a song that uh that was also kind of it was on the slow side and uh this uh that this one kind of reminded me of that um i don't quite get how it's a prequel like i'm sure if i bring up the lyrics and put them next to each other i'll see an angle but it's not immediately apparent um and it it, it, it is you know pretty much apparent with most of the other submissions so, so let's I, just
1: get that out of the way This the prequel is I'm Still Standing by Elton John so you know that song Totally Clips of the Heart and oh, you yeah. know some of those meatloaf songs I feel it had a definite Jim Steinman feel Jim Steinman was the guy who wrote those songs and did some of the piano arranging um, I thought the piano was great in this and you know I'm a sucker for some uh, piano ballads sometimes and this really did it for me
0: yeah it's uh it's a beautiful song he performed it really really well really soulfully and um i'm not sure i think that the uh that line the stars become detached then settle in my eyes might be a reference to elton john's outrageous glasses i was thinking maybe (laughs) maybe not um that makes sense yeah it's subtle and clever if that's what he was doing and i like how it doesn't interfere with the earnest feel of the song you know, it's like there's not mugging, you know, it's no distracting aha moment that removes you from the song. So, uh, all in all is done, done really well. Cool. So this brings us to the final song, number
1: 19, Menage Tune and The Lion Eats Today, which that clever title.
0: Yes. Yes. Now listening to this song, my, my first notes were, am I high? <laughs> am am, am I really hearing this you know I I I can't tell if her singing is actually like associated with the beat uh, or not Uh, and that's probably just because the intricate nature of the beat Uh, like it's disconnected from the beat maybe Uh, yeah it's like I it's hard to uh, immediately kind of hear the structure uh, of the song yeah and I, I, don't think that, I, it, yeah, I don't know how to put it. It was just, I, it was uh, bewildering, is what I'm going to say. Um, having said that, I thought it was clever and interesting and different, and I'm glad it was done, and I'm glad I heard it. You know, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a neat idea, uh, uh, unique and uh, original and interesting. So, yeah, and I, I give points to any song that uh, that has a real different kind of uh, approach to it, and this definitely had a different approach to it, so I'm glad we heard something different. I'm glad uh, Joanne's being our Edric for this round. i remember Edric her was... name.
1: <laughs> his name is Ted, by the way.
0: Ted? Okay. He has
1: a name, and it is Ted.
0: Gotcha. Okay, Actually, let
1: you. me look that up to verify,
0: but I think that's his name. Alright, we'll call him Ted. Okay. Yeah, anyhow, it was a good song.
1: All right. Yes, it's Ted. It is Ted. You got I am vindicated.
0: It. Good, good, good.
1: All right, that's it. We are done with this podcast. And if we have any listeners left, thank you.
0: Okay. Yeah. And do you have any shoutouts?
1: Um. No, the same shout outs from last time.
0: Okay. Well, let's we just do cut them, then. and paste those in. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a, <laughs> a, okay. This is the cut and paste. All right. This has been round two, round one. <laughs> uh, the Spin Tunes. Special shout outs to, uh, uh, to Tom and Dave Of Spin Tunes and anybody else behind the scenes Who I'm forgetting uh, Thank you to Andre and Sarah For their love and support uh, Hi Alice we love you uh, Special shout out to Brian Rader uh, Without whom there would not be A jerkatorium uh, He's our collaborator uh, Lyricist And uh, uh, all around genius sort of a dude uh, who else uh, Like to thank uh, I don't know I should I should. Comedy comes in threes I should come up <laughs> with something
1: We can explain that Alice is probably Like our one true fan <laughs> Yeah <laughs> I think I think she's just paid
0: to be a fan By uh, <laughs> Brian That's probably it It's like <laughs> throw him a bone Here I'll give you Here's 50 bucks Do something nice to him okay I'll put something there yeah. no I'm kidding anyhow uh, that's it yeah. we're done I'm gonna stop recording now sounds good